The first reading can be found on page 1094 of the Pew Bibles, should you wish to follow it. From the book of Acts, chapter 3, commencing at verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. In the second reading from the book of John, chapter 20. Verses 21 and 22. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Let's pray as we look at this scripture together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the stories in it. Thank you for the way that you can speak to us through it. We pray that this next few moments you would speak to us. Give us ears to hear you and hearts to receive you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, it's the last of our series, of our Paraclesis series, and um, I can see one or two yellow books being flashed around, which is good. Um, In this series, we've been looking at how we journey together through life, how we care for one another, how we come alongside other people to care for them. And over the last few weeks, if you think back, we've thought about um, caring for people, loving people, journeying with people, living with people, and healing people. And so today brings together many of those themes as we look at how we care through connecting with other people. And so I wonder as I begin, how many people you think you've connected with so far this morning? Now when I asked at 8 o'clock for one or two people, I think they hadn't at that stage in the day connected with anybody at all, apart from maybe a quick hello on the way into church. What does it mean to connect with somebody? Well, in that story that we heard from Acts, um, which you might actually want to have in front of you as I'm speaking, it's uh, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Peter and John are on their way to pray in the temple one afternoon. 
And as they arrive at the gate, a man who has been lame from birth is being carried in to beg. As Peter and John pass by, he asks them for money. And Peter and John stop. It doesn't actually say that they stop. But it does say that they looked straight at him. You can't look straight at somebody while you're walking past really quickly. So they must have stopped. And they ask him to look at them, to look back at them, which he does. And as they stop and pay attention, there's this connection that's made between them. This is no passing encounter. This is no sideways glance that's given. They've stopped, they've paid attention, they've looked, and they've connected. That's the first thing we can say about caring through connecting. It requires the giving and receiving of time and attention. Peter and John have learned this from Jesus, haven't they? If we think about the stories that we've heard about Jesus in the last few weeks, we've, we've heard about Jesus connecting with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. We've heard about Jesus connecting with the man by the pool of Bethesda. We've read about Jesus connecting with the crippled woman in the temple um, last week. In every single encounter, Jesus gave his time and attention to people as he connected with them. Through that connection, lives were changed, healing was given, there was liberation, there was fresh understanding. So Peter and John here are just carrying on with what they've seen Jesus do. And they're doing it with exactly the same person that Jesus would have picked out. A man who is on the edge of the community. A man whose lameness sets him apart from everybody else. Um, This man is at the gate of the temple because he isn't allowed into the temple because he's lame. He literally is on the margin of the community. And he is dependent completely on other people. And he gets their attention. And having got their attention, he expects to get some money from them. That's what he's there for. He's a beggar. And Peter says, well, I don't have any money, but I'll give you what I have got. And what has he got? Well, he's got words. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he reaches out to help the man up. And as he does so, the man's feet and ankles become strong and he's able to walk and jump around. These words that Peter speaks aren't just any old words, are they? They're words of healing and liberation. They're words of new understanding. They're words born from Peter's experience of Jesus. And they're words filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And by that power, the man's life is transformed. He can now enter the temple gates to rejoice with God's people. He can cause them to wonder What's happened? What is this new life that they can see? In this very short story, Peter and John have stopped and paid attention. They've offered what experience they have, and they've allowed the Holy Spirit to work through them to bring new life to someone. In our second reading there, we heard Jesus giving his disciples his peace. We heard him breathing the Holy Spirit onto them sending them out to be with, to connect with the world just as the Father had sent Jesus. And that's exactly what we see Peter and John doing in this story. That's how the early church grew, through its love and care for one another. See how these Christians love each other, people said. So as the descendants of the early church, this is the work we are to continue with today. Stopping and paying attention to people to those on the edges of the community. 
offering what experience we have and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. Let me share with you a story from my own life of how that caring through connection has changed me. When I was 22, I got my first job as a teacher um, and I got a job in Bolton in Lancashire. I applied for about 50 jobs across the north of England and this one job came up in Bolton and um, I didn't know anybody that lived there so I moved into this little house um, just up the road from a little church. I was living there on my own and um, it was a time in my life when I wasn't going to church. Although I'd had a really strong faith as a teenager, my faith had more or less disappeared after my mum died and that had been about a year beforehand. So I'd spent the last year being very very, very angry with God and with the church. And I had avoided Christians completely and um, cut myself off from all the churches and contacts that I knew there. But this was a time of new beginnings. And I didn't know anyone in the town and I didn't have anything to do on the Sunday morning, so I got up and I decided to go to church. And at the end of the service, I spoke to the vicar and met his wife and their two children. And they realised that I was on my own for the rest of the day, and so they invited me back to the vicarage for lunch. And as we chatted, we connected with each other, and they shared some of their experience with me. They were also fairly new to the town. Like me, they'd moved for a fresh start, because like me, they'd had some sadness in their own life. They'd lost their eldest son just a year before. He had been a Down syndrome baby with a degenerative heart condition. And they'd had him for 15 precious years. As they told me their story, there was clearly deep sadness for them all. But there was also a very deep sense of gratitude to God for what they'd had. And there was a very, very firmly held conviction that God was with them in their sadness. That his love was surrounding them and sustaining them. They had no anger and they had no sense of abandonment as I did. The deep questions of suffering and loss and pain were as real to them as they were to me and as they are to many of us. But their faith was upholding them, and in fact, it was becoming stronger through their experience. And so I came away from the vicarage that day, feeling deeply loved and accepted, and a little bit challenged. But for the first time in a very long time, I began to feel that there was some hope for my faith. I began to feel there was a possibility of new life, of resurrection within me. Over the next few years, that vicarage family became very special to us. In fact, the vicar eventually married Alan and I. They were a a quiet family, unremarkable people. The sort that would get lost easily in a crowd. They didn't draw attention to themselves in any way. And in many ways, they did nothing very spectacular. They never offered me prayer ministry or counselling. We didn't study the Bible in depth together, and we certainly didn't have any deep and meaningful conversations about the nature of God and suffering. They just weren't that kind of people. But they opened up their home to me, and they opened up their lives to me. They shared the experience of God that they'd had. Most Sundays I ate at their house. They brought me the lemsip when I was got flu and couldn't get out of the house for three weeks. When it snowed, they shared the sledges with me. And in the summer, we shared the barbecue. It was nothing dramatic. It was just Christian love. 
It was love with skin on. And it enabled me to come back into a relationship, a living relationship with God. Just like Peter and John in our Bible story, that family offered me what they had. And through it, I found healing and new life. It's not rocket science, is it? It's nothing difficult. It's not just for the special few that are called to serve God in that way. It's not a special ministry. It's what all of us who love the Lord Jesus are called to do. Jesus sends us, just as the Father sent him, into the world to connect with people, to share our experiences with those on the edges. There are some things that we can do that will help us as we do that. The first thing is that we need to be really sure that we know what our own story is. We need to know what our experiences have been. And we have to be ready to share them whenever the opportunity presents itself. In the Paraclesis books, um, back in week three, there's an exercise there. It's about a seven-page exercise that involves a personal reflection on your own story. It asks you to note down how you've responded to different things at different points in your life and how you've found God there or not found God there. If you've got a book and you haven't completed that section, if you do nothing else with this book, I would recommend that you do that. Another way of thinking about your journey is through journaling. Journaling is something that's really important to me. Keeping a note, writing down the things that are important in your life and how your faith is developing. This is something I do a lot. I have a shelf full of journals at home. I've brought to show you my very first one, which um, begins in begins in ooh, 1987. I was probably about 16 or 17. It's got notes of sermons that I heard, of Bible studies that I did, um, and lists of prayers that I made, and people that I was praying for. Quite a remarkable number of boys at that stage. <laughs> the journal from the last few years. This is the most recent journal. You'll see it's actually held together with a band because there are so many different cuttings in it. Poems, prayers, photographs, things that have been significant to me as my faith has grown and developed. They're not diaries. You won't find in there what I had for my tea last Friday. But you might find out the things that I've been praying about or the ways that I've seen God at work. Another way of becoming aware of your journey is being prepared to give your testimony. If somebody asks you why you come to church, what are you going to say to them? If somebody asks you how you became a Christian, how do you answer them? Can you do it in two or three minutes without hesitating? If you can't, or if you've never tried, I I encourage you to have a go. Find a friend. If you haven't got a friend that you trust, find a mirror and just practice answering those questions that people might ask you about your faith. See if you can then pray for the opportunity to share that experience with someone else, to offer what you have to them. The second part, once we are confident that we know our story, the second part of connecting is being ready to stop and pay attention to those around us with needs. We're too busy. We're too busy rushing around. We're too quick to move on to the next person or the next thing. We find people in need everywhere. We find them inside the church and we find them outside the church. 
people struggling with relationships, with health, with addictions, with housing, with finance. It goes on. Like Peter and John, we have to be ready to stop, to look intently at what's going on for some people and then share what experience we have to help them move on with their life. Now, sometimes it might seem that the problems are too big, that the difficulties are too overwhelming. And they might be, but Jesus still sends us to be with those people. We might not be able to solve their problems, but we can be God's love to them. We can't make everything better for everybody all the time, but we're called to be alongside, we're called to be connected and to speak words of love, and trust God to bring about new life in them, in his way and in his time. Most importantly, we must remember, we aren't on our own as we connect with people. Peter and John didn't speak in their own name, they spoke in the name of Jesus. Peter and John knew that they were overflowing with the Holy Spirit. They knew that they had been sent as Jesus had been sent, just as you and I are sent, to connect with the world and with its individuals, to pay attention to the needs that we find there, and to speak words of healing and liberation and new life. The power comes from the Holy Spirit, not from us, because connection first came from God to earth in Jesus Christ. Keeping ourselves connected to God then is key to all of this. If we're not connected to God, we have no power in which to act and speak. Caring by connecting really is everybody's kind of responsibility. So perhaps as you're chatting to friends later on today, you might want to pay a bit more attention to what they're saying. You might want to share a bit of your journey with them. You might be surprised at what happens when you do that. But there's another side to all of this as well, because I wonder how many people have really paid attention to you this morning. I wonder how well cared for you are feeling right now. If all is well in your life, that might not be something that you need to think about too much. But if you feel as though you're struggling with an issue and nobody's noticed, then church can actually be a very lonely place to be. And if that's how you have been feeling, then I would encourage you today to speak to somebody, to go for prayer ministry after the service, to find a friend to speak to. But don't leave here with that, with that issue, with that need that you feel has not been noticed or addressed. Let people care for you by connecting with you, by praying for you, not by waving a magic wand and making everything better but by expecting someone to share your journey with you and offer what they have as they speak God's word of love to you and allow God's healing to take place in your own life. Let's pray. Loving Father, thank you for our journeys. Thank you for everything that you have been to us over the years. Help us to Become aware of our own experience, of your faithfulness in our lives. Help us to be ready to share that, to offer what we have as we pay attention to those that are needful around us. We pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you would give us your power to go and to connect with the world. 
and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.